Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast, brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Mavens Podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens Podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for Media Maven's podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Koshman at AMB Publicity. Hi, Michi. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I've just been catching up with all the cool ways they're doing storytelling now. How about you? I'm good. I know why you said that, because it's awards season or quasi-virtual awards season. And, and everyone is going... Out. Absolutely. We're all, I mean, we're, everyone is looking at new ways to do it now, right? It's just, it's been a fantastic year for artists. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because we've done our podcast. We started out with tech and entertainment, <clears throat> but we've done so much entertainment and lifestyle. We had Simo Versace. We've had CEOs of NBA teams. We've had celebrities. So we're kind of going back to basics of what we're known for, which is a tech side. So I'm super excited that our guest, Guy Gadney's here, CEO, co-founder of Charisma, calling in from London. We are truly been global with our podcast since we started. So Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. How are you I'm stumbling through my intro. I need coffee. There's a reason why we should do these later in the afternoon. But first off, I want to say congratulations because you guys are finalists in the 13th Annual Media Excellence Awards, which is Yay! which is the global global award that honors leadership, innovation, all things mobile tech, entertainment, and lifestyle. So I'm super excited that you know we get to not just produce 13 years yeah. of global innovation, but we're able to bring on some of the finalists into the podcast now to talk about who's innovating what. And we've chatted in the past a few times, you guys, the way I love about what Charisma's did, you are really in the intersection and in the narrative of storytelling. You've applied, and you're an AI company, and you know, we'll have you give us a little quick hit on Charisma and where you guys are, but you guys also applied the AI to a few, I wanna say Disney, Hollywood, type of storylines over the summer, yeah. which I think is great. I know you guys are finalists in the AI category for the MEAs, yeah. or I was ARVR, and then we have AI. So you guys kind of cover the gamut there. But like, tell us a little bit about what's going on. You're in London right now. How is it going over there through COVID now that we're kind of into the new norm? Well, it, interestingly, I, uh, tonight, uh, as, it, as it is here, I'm actually sitting in Oxford, which has been, of course, been the centre of one of the vaccines over the last few months. So we sort of hope that, you know, as one of the lorries drives down the main street, you know, a couple of little vials may drop off and uh, <laughs> and we get the benefits of an early release on that one. But we'll see how we go. Would uh, it be so cool think, if yeah, little would it be cool if little drones with AI user charisma technology filtered through and just drop little vials down to people who needed the vaccine? I would go for Man, that. That would be perfect. Well, we were thinking about different ways you could take it because, you know, the idea of a needle is a little bit sort of old fashioned yeah. really now. You know, can you mix up a cocktail with it or something, put a little bit of pineapple juice in, a couple of, uh, you know, cubes of ice and stuff, and then we're away. I think there's a, you know, there's, there's a new business idea. I'll give that one away for free to, to anyone who's listening. That would be a good way to do it. But it's exciting. I think, I think what, you know, we're all a little bit, you know, we took a sort of hard left and a hard right punch last year, everyone. And, and I think it's taken a while to, to come through it. But, but I think also what's happened is that it, 
you know, from a from a business perspective, it's challenged business models. It's really questioned what's viable and what's not. And I think for us, you know, we asked a bunch of questions sort of internally of ourselves about, you know, how good is this? Is this, you know, how important actually is something like AI going to be to something as creative as storytelling? And as we questioned it more and more, we got deeper and deeper into, I guess, the art of storytelling and also what the tech can actually do and what it can't do. And as we got deeper and deeper, we found it was more and more relevant and 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 actually more of a sort of, you know, like root line and branch change that could be coming down the track. So I think I think from our perspective, we we're incredibly excited by what's coming up in 2021, what the future is looking like 2022 and beyond, and and super honored to be part of MEAs. I think it's a for, for us, you know, it puts a huge smile on our face just to have that sort of nomination around. It's exciting. Yeah. Now you guys. You guys are based in London. You've had a few great projects over in London. Are you guys branching out? Have you taken this time to hunker down through COVID to figure out your expansion plans for 2021? So I know you guys are primarily focused in London. We're primarily focused here. You know, I lived 15 years in Australia and and sort of, you know, moved around the world a little bit. But here is where we started. And I think it's a, it's a great spot to be because we're seeing, you know, Incredible stories coming out on TV, you know, the TV producers and the dramas that are coming out, whether it's The Crown or, you know, anything on Netflix or Amazon or these new streamers that's coming out of the UK is awesome. So we're in a really good space creatively. And then I think it's not a bad space for technology at the moment. There's that sense where... I think, you know, uh, the UK was super interested in VR, but also didn't go like they didn't put all the bets onto on onto red on that particular technology whereas ai has sort of been you know we've been looking at that for a long time as have many other nations as well but we've really just sort of been through that ai winter you know a couple of decades ago and coming back out again so i think we're starting we're starting well but I think for us, you know, it's a global operation. We, you know, we've got our guy Phil in LA, uh, who's doing great stuff with with us making connections into LA. We're increasing having conversations in New York. Clearly, the US is where, you know, there is that there is that real innovation and the ability to back a good idea as well. I think that that's that's one of the absolute strengths of the US. So for us, we see ourselves as applicable in both in both territories. It's just we happen to start here, I think. What are some of the like now? What are some of the projects? I know when we chatted last, which was last summer, actually, you guys had. I want to say Alice in Wonderland. Is that correct? Yeah, that was awesome. So we 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 had done two projects uh, last summer. The first one actually was was just at the beginning of summer, which we were doing for Sky TV here, and we were lucky enough to work on a series called Bulletproof, which is an awesome sort of cop buddy drama it's just in its third series now and 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 they're, they're signed up for the fourth so it's a and it's it's growing beyond belief this the the series and we we were we extended it we extended that series by bringing to life this sort of side story like a bit of shoulder content where we placed the viewer right into the story like totally inside it. And the storyline was that, you know, you are talking to a this suspected serial killer. He's a really dark, dark guy who's sort of got these, you know, uh, murders that he set up and you have to work with the two, the two lead stars of the show to talk to him and talk him out of it. And, you know, it's, it's uh, the thing about charisma is, is it is like, it is a bit like a Zoom call or something where you are talking to the characters of the show using your voice. They talk back. 
with their voice. And that changes the storyline. So, you know, separate to, I guess, to a lot of the choose your own adventure styles that have been in there in the past, this is something that is using that advanced AI tech to, to really, you know, bring you inside that story. And that's the key thing, that you're inside it. You're not controlling it, but you're inside it. And that level of immersion, I think, is quite unique at the moment. Well, it's kind of like what we talked about a lot earlier is that experience, that experiential marketing, experiential going to, to where you're in the story, you're part of the story. And if people don't have that experience, they're not going to enjoy whatever they're doing or they're going to lose interest. So I think anytime you give somebody the experience that they're immersed into the story, it's always a good thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, in some ways, the more we look at it, the, we did a, a, we're having some interesting conversations recently about how in some ways, you know, Going back hundreds of years, the the storytelling technologies have sort of closed down that immersion in some ways. And we started to look like before movies, before TV, before even books, you know, you'd have these, these storytellers who would walk around towns from town to town, the troubadours, and they'd tell their stories. And often what they'd do was they would stay the night before in a tavern pick up all the local gossip from around, you know, the names of who was do, doing what, and then weave those names and those people from that local town into the stories that they tell the next day. Hey, guess what? That's sort of, a, you know, it's immersive storytelling. So a lot of that stuff was there and it was very fluid and very dynamic and it would change night on night, day on day, and it would change town by town. And then, of course, you start writing it down. And one of the first, you know, examples of this was Grimm's fairy tales, where the Grimm brothers actually, you know, those, those fairy tales and those dark stories which were around them, they were part of that oral tradition. And it was the Grimm brothers who wrote them down. And that then set them so they couldn't be dynamic. They couldn't move around. They couldn't have that sort of, that real hyper-personalization around it. And then, of course, you know, when you get into the movies where you've got this sort of big reel of 35mm film that is a print and it's locked and nothing can happen to it. So it travels around all these different cinemas. But I think now with, as, with, with, with sort of this fluidity that, that AI gives us, we're able to go back to those, those methodologies and bring those stories to life using those sorts of techniques. And, and so in some ways, there's an element of back to the future about the whole thing here. But the key thing is that immersion. You know, we love being part of, part of stories. And just to add to that, actually, you mentioned Alice in Wonderland before. Alice in Wonderland actually was a theatre production. It was, a, you know, it was one of the first. We worked with a theatre company in, in Oxford called Creation Theatre and one in Northern Ireland called Big Telly to, to produce it. And it was one of the first theatre productions that sort of that had migrated straight onto Zoom. And we threw everything at it. You know, I mean, we had the, the we had the Cheshire Cat you could talk to. It was live. We had 3D real-time gaming in there on your mobile phone. We had all this crazy sort of technology all thrown into the mix. And but ultimately it was the it was that we felt that that the audiences were part of it. You know, they were they were close to theater. And some of our writers, you know, that we work with and our lead writer at the moment, her background is is theater and in specifically immersive theater. So she's coming from that. That work that you know that workspace, which is where there is a stage, and the stage, the actors on that stage, sort of feed off the energy of an audience. Which is why at the end of a show, you'll hear people say, "Hey, you've been a great audience tonight." Well, you know, there's a reason for that, and it's that if they weren't, then you wouldn't necessarily get the same energy out of the actors. And that again sort of brings to life that 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 immersion, that interactivity that we have. Yeah, and you guys, you do a comic. You bring comic books to life as well through there because I know you you guys have a lot. Are you combining the VR with the AI? I mean, you just kind of taking all this innovative, groundbreaking tech and kind of mashing it up 
to not just bring it to life, but to immerse yourself in it? Or are the comic creators, or is everything kind of segmented in different projects? Yeah, so think of think of Charisma AI almost like, the way I sometimes think about it is, if you wanted to write a novel, you know, a book, you might write it in Word or some sort of tech, you know, software like that. If you wanted to write a screenplay or a script, you'd probably write it in Final Draft or something like that. If you wanted to write an interactive story, you'd write it in Charisma. And what that means is that we occupy this sort of this layer on top of which anyone can build, you know, any form of product that they then want to do. So whether it's a VR production that we did a spy one, a spy genre one, something that's on your laptops that was like we, we did for Sky, or indeed like the mobile app, the Charisma mobile app, where we, as you said, gone into the, into the comic book realm. And the reason for going into the comic book realm is because it's really for two reasons. One, if you think about them, they're almost all dialogue. So if we're starting to adapt these print books into, into this form, which is so character-driven, then it's per- that we, we, it, it's all dialogue. So we don't have to worry about too much prose or sort of bringing that to life. And then, of course, they're illustrated. So for us to be able to use that base level of design and artwork and it makes that adaptation a little bit easier. This is the beauty of having Zoom because we know who everybody's assistants are and your assistant just ran across the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, my 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 six-month-old assistant, Tiger, just leapt, uh, who is a cat, I should say, uh, just leapt at, not only at the keyboard, but at, straight at the camera. So he knows he knows where... So he knows funny. Your assistant, needs some, your assistant needs some air time. <laughs> it's true virtual, true, true reality when you can see yeah, that yeah. There you and go. everything. So question for you, because you said, you know, instead of writing things out and script writing and, you know, which Michelle knows more about than I do and everything and books and stuff, you, you said you could write using charisma. Now, is it like a code? Like, do people need to come and get educated on how to use it on code? Or is it is it very user intuitive? It's no code. So we, we designed the entire system for writers, for creative folks. And in a funny sort of way, when we first started, really with, with, with three of us, there's the co-founders, the vision always was that we wanted to create a system into which we could write the stories that we wanted to write because the stories we wanted to write, there was no technology to do that. We couldn't write, you know, we found that when we were writing them, we were writing them into this combination of Word and Excel and spreadsheets and Cody stuff and also, you know, and it it sort of blocked the story. So uh, we wanted to make an interface which which was easy for writers to write. And And you know what's fascinating also is that, when I look at the graphs, the the sort of the, the if I if I look at the, the the visuals of how the writers have written their stories, each visual is different. So if you think about them as you know branching narratives on sort of on steroids, that sort of that the, the the picture that they make on the screen is very different depending on the writer. You know, some writers will write very straight left to right, and it'll be a quite clear sort of chronology. Some are writing this enormous sort of almost you know, circular story structures, which are really cool because that's what they want to be able to do. And they're not constricted by, you know, having to go from one page to another page to another page or, or that, that sort of format. So, but it's very much designed for, for, for stories, which is, which is sort of how it should be, we think. Nice. Really neat. You're, and it sounds like 
when you compared it a little bit ago to the theater, to live stage, that's taking that improv element and putting it into almost literal social skills, which we have to admit all through 2020 and 2021, we've all gotten a little rusty at interacting with people. So this sounds like an actual way to develop that. Have They are characters, but you're developing a conversation and, a, and an interaction with other characters. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Totally. That's exactly what it is. And it, 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 again, in, in a lot of ways, what we tend to do is weave in elements of storytelling, structural storytelling. There goes the cat again. You just had the pleasure of that fleeting. How would that tell us the visual, a VR visual? There's the visual. Okay. So we've got the, the you know, the, 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 that sort of standard storytelling methodology, but then it's interwoven into things like gameplay, you know, so borrowing from the video games industry around things like, things like that you can fail. You know, if you're in a conversation with someone and you're, you know, super rude to them and you really piss them off, you know what? They're going to walk. They're not, they're, 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 it's not like you can then turn the page and carry on the story because that's not what happened in a conversation. So there is a fail scenario in a story, which, I, which is quite interesting. And then there's conversation almost as a third layer there, which is the, the, that, you know, we have sort of almost unwritten, or I think that I say unwritten, they're probably incredibly well-written rules of certain types of conversation. You know, if you're in a job interview, how do you do a conversation in a job interview? It's like a game, you know, and the game is the conversation and conversation is the game. Negotiating a pay rise, you know, flirting, whatever it may be. All of those things are sort of, we have these, these human ways of doing conversation. So we wrote that in, you know, we wrote that in, into the system and that sort of psychology of conversation is is very much part of it. You know, sometimes this is dark as with a serial killer uh, and that's fine. It's just that those are the rules of that game. Are you guys doing any user-generated content or is everything kind of wet-labeled or sourced out to these bigger brands? Yeah, 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 totally. So we, we made a decision during during lockdown in 2020. Really, we'd, we'd, we'd just come through a phase where we were adapting existing graphic novels and we'd taken that long form piece, which generally are, are you know, print form books of around 50 pages. So they're, they're a chunky thing. And it's a lot of work to, to adapt them. And they adapt into like, into like interactive experiences for an hour or so. And then we started doing shorter stories, which were around 15 minutes, because we wanted to experiment with that. And then over lockdown, we thought, you know what, let's open it up and see what people want to do. So we opened up the entire platform. Anyone still can, can download the Charisma app. You can just go onto the website and, and, and start writing and, and have that story published into the app and see how that goes. You know? And I think what, we, what we're starting to see is exactly what I was talking about before, is where people are being more playful with the form. You know, the form of how they want to tell the story. So some are romance, some are, you know, a ghost stories. There are all these different genres that are bubbling up at the moment. But people are just are experimenting with how they want to bring their characters to life. That's, you know, it's just, I think it's because of COVID, everybody was stuck at home trying to get creative. So everybody's starting to use all these new platforms to tell and create their own stories. And we had a conversation about TikTok earlier, Michelle. Michelle's now on TikTok. Like I want to do TikTok because there's so much out there, but I just think there's so many more ways for people to tell their story and to entertain others by it that I think all these new forms of technology are going to start blowing up this year because given the year we've been through, the year and a half we've been through, it's going to be close to a year and a half now that we're still in this lockdown mode, so to speak. People are starting to adapt to new technologies right now. 
So I think people are leaning on tech and I think tech is one of the industries that is actually going to get through. Because if you look at, there's some horrible things that have been going on. Some of these industries like travel, tourism, F&B, I mean, they're just decimated from COVID. But technology should always been a driver from day one and should never have been affected. I think we people, the companies were affected because they were trying to figure out the shock factor of what's going on in the world, how serious it was. And they just kind of hunkered down a little bit paralyzed to make a move. But at the end of the day, if you look at all these analyst reports, all of the news that's going on out there, the tech industry should be driving and more innovative now more than ever because there's so much out there. Sarah, you're dead, you're dead right. And I think it's, it's sort of the, the answer to that is, is really in two parts. One is that actually the big rise will seize creativity. And the reason for that is because historically, if you look at whenever there have been real bursts of creativity, whether it's you know, advances in literature or art or whatever, it's usually where there has been some form of constraint. You know, and there's a great line in The Third Man about this, about sort of Italy under the Borgias and producing all this great work. And Switzerland, with 500 years of de- peace and democracy, produces just the cuckoo clock. You know, I mean, that, that is roughly the line from the movie. So I think, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing not only because people are locked down and they are constrained, that it's bubbling up that creativity in new forms that, that wasn't there before. However, we're about to then go into a second phase, which is that having gone through this sort of trauma of 2020 and 2021, we're going to need to express that, that trauma. And I think so you'll see a lot of people, you know, using creativity as an outlet to heal and to, to sort of bring things back. The tech side is interesting because I think tech now has got to a level we've seen over the last, you know, the last US election, the last two US elections, that tech is now responsible. You know, it's not, it's, it's not, it's no longer a playground where, you know, college kids can do great stuff and become billionaires. It, that's, that's not the primary path now. The primary path is that industry has grown up the border between the virtual world and the physical world has now gone. It's not there. You know, the virtual world can now change the physical world substantially. And with that responsibility, you know, we've seen how it can go a bit negative because that's reported, but it can go incredibly positive. So as we come out of COVID, now we've got to, we've got to look right in the face of the climate crisis. Hopefully, it's the sort of thing where tech can, can stand up and go, you know what, we can help solve this. And we're going we're gonna to leverage AI you know, especially AI into this space and help it help it solve, solve some pretty complex problems, which is why I'd love to see, we call a, a lot up for more involvement from the creative industries into the into AI to help guide that so that we're not doing experiments for experiment's sake. You know, we're not just getting AI to beat chess or Go or Space Invaders or Pac-Man or another game, you know, it's like, hey, I won, great, yay. Give it something more substantial. You know, give it something more open-ended where actually we have a real challenge. And let's see the press headlines about that. That's what I want to hear about. I, I, want mean, to hear about I think that. it is out there. I mean, I think, you know, twofold is, you know, NASA is using a lot of AI. I mean, politics, you know, good or bad, you know, is using it. You know, the meat is always saying, you know, I, I agree with you. They're always spitting the bad stuff. But I think the reason why we're just seeing one-sided, the meat has been one-sided this past year, it's because nobody's really seen any strength and leadership out of the tech industry. I mean, we're a PR firm. We're, we're in the middle of 
tech and entertainment globally. We run the large awards. I mean, you know, we have our podcast. We're a PR firm. We get calls from media. Hey, what's up? The tech should be the number one driver, like you said, Guy, leading into or leading us in through out of 2020 to 2021. But and a lot of there's a lot of innovation. And I think people are only looking at the big stuff like the NASA's, the travel tourism, you know, the things, you know, IBM Watson banking, things that use AI because there's, and then all the bad stuff that media spun because it started with elections and COVID because they're not seeing a lot of startups. Most of the innovation coming from tech does come from startups. It does come from these innovators, these entrepreneurs, but we haven't seen, and, and I'm just, you know, Michelle, you know, love your opinion on this, but being the CEO of a PR firm in tech, we haven't seen a lot of leadership come into the news. We've seen a few stuff with in the gaming industry that just got blown up in the media, some mergers and acquisitions. It was really good to see a few M&As hit through COVID, but that's on a higher level. I, I don't think the leadership from tech is coming out there that people are really taking that stand and leading it and that, I think, for our standpoint, we're expecting more from the tech industry, but we're seeing less of it unless you are a major M&A or a NASA or a big industry lead or a juggernaut, which doesn't make sense to all these startups that just aren't talking, that aren't, and I'm not pushing the PR aspect, but in a way, you have a voice to communicate, to tell your story. We're not seeing it at all. I mean, at least I haven't from the tech side. Michelle, I know A and B, there's a lot of entertainment celebrities, a lot of these bigger, like the Emmys and Comic-Con. But given Comic-Con, are you still seeing a lot of like leadership in tech and startups coming out in the market? I don't know about new developments. I think everyone is scrambling to suddenly get it ready and make it available. But what I have noticed is that the entire industry has had to, out of necessity, shift to what is available. Here we are doing podcasts from nations and cities away over Zoom when really just a year ago, maybe we wouldn't have. So it, it would have been subpar for the platform. So everything from entertainment, streaming, uh, premieres, webinars, people are accepting it, not just as this is different to that this is a new norm. I have seen a lot of that throughout entertainment industry. Yeah. I tell you one other thing, Sarah, to, to build on what you're saying is that, especially as we get to AI, when I talk about AI at conferences and, you know, you finish the talk and then it opens up for questions, the questions are unlike any questions I've had in my career. They're very philosophical. You know, they're open-ended. Things like people say, oh, gosh, you know, are we just all lonely was one coming up when I was talking about chatbots and relationships and stuff, you know. And when I was building, you know, doing mobile apps or games or websites going way back, those questions never came up. You know, it was not, it was not a, it was not a, they were not philosophical. It would be like, so are you putting this app out on Android and iOS? You know, that would be the extent of the question. But the questions now around AI are much more philosophical, which I think, and I would like to think, says that we are thinking about the implications of what we're doing more and how it may impact, you know, society more broadly. And hopefully out of that, you'll start to see this sort of hybrid leader emerge who is both interested in the cool tech and getting something really bright and shiny, but also thinking about the implications of what they're doing and being sort of more closely tied to that rather than say to the next funding round or, you know. I think it's more emotional. 
and it's more emotional. Like it's yeah. artificial intelligent VR, you have crypto, you have things. People always know historically invest in where they have emotional ties. Look at the stock market. If people are investing in stocks and bonds, it could be the pack rim because, you know, they have family over there in Asia or they did business there, or they could be in the biomed space because somebody's a doctor. People invest based on emotions, based mm -hmm. on their innate characteristics of their DNA. So technology, what's being used to make us happier, more productive, more social, whatever it is, it's an emotional decision, which is why the experiential side is so critical. The only way to attract, retain, and maximize your market is to go yeah. after and bring them into the emotional side of where your company, whatever it is to offering, whether it's tech, media, entertainment, and so forth. I mean, a big issue, I think everybody's talking about after a year, what are they binge watching? Because we were on shutdown for a while and then they picked it back up. And I think, Michelle, if I'm not wrong, I think I think Allison Dollar mentioned this on her podcast recently and Emmys because and that the studios were shut down again because coronavirus filtered through again. So it, it's disrupting the production of what's coming out of these movies. So I think things are starting to become more of an emotional way to get creative and entertain yourself. And I, I just think- well, it, Yeah, and it can, it can on some level, some parts of it, but a film takes seven to 10 years really to complete. So depending on what stage you are, if you're filming with a lot of actors, that's gonna be a challenge. But if it's already done and you're just editing it, they can usually do that safely, socially distanced. So there will be some interesting disruptions, but technology is helping to build in new ways of still circumventing that. You can shoot scenes with just one person and as you're saying, CGI or whatever, the other per people in. So they're just going to develop, the industry is just going to develop like everything else. Well, some of these studios are doing a great job utilizing AR and VR walls now to shoot Definitely. for that virtual, which is, and we've had a few, a few really good startups on the podcast. But I think what, you know, I, you know, we have Zoom. I think Zoom and Amazon have killed it since COVID on, um, for technology, but, you know, NASA is doing some great stuff. We just had it gone from NASA a few weeks ago, you know, and everything's using technology, but I guess I want to see not just the juggernauts. We have the billions of dollars to invest the SpaceX and the Amazons and Zooms. I want to see the startups. I want to see these innovators mm -hmm. that we are honoring come to the market. I want them to have a voice to talk about what they're doing. And I, it was just a struggle because we're not really seeing anything in the media and the press and any authority leadership in that space. And, you know, you're based in London. So, I mean, I know it's hard because we're not traveling or anything, but there's so many strategic creative ways to get your company back out there. And I feel like in the AI VR area, prior to COVID, Guy, there was a few wineries in London, actually, they're all in the UK, that I use on some case studies for using AR and VR, most tremendous stuff. Right as um, COVID was hitting, like, I think like three days or a week before everybody's like, holy shit, what's, it's like living in a life sci-fi thriller mm -hmm. in real life right now. Nobody knew what was going on, the whole zombie reaction to stuff. I was giving a keynote on the 2020 wine marketing and tourism conference. Yeah. So I was flying up to Oregon Get the keynote to open up. And then I came back and like within three days, I was like flying on my own in this weird, eerie place. Glad I got home. But then I started realizing what was going on. And all the case studies that I worked with were does the most tremendous stuff in the wine and that immersive storytelling experience. But all of them 
were all based out of London. I mean, all of the ones were out of London. There was this great wine, Prisoners, where you have the bottle and you hold your phone up and it gives you the whole, the guy moves, it's all interactive on the label of its history. Prisoners, there's a few other very immersive companies that are big into the beverage and wine industry that we talked to, we used for like all our case studies and they were just blowing it up using VR, AR, AI, and looking into doing big projects. And then COVID hit like two weeks later. And so I'm assuming now that they've figured it out, they're picking it back up again. That's still a big millennial wine. <laughs> I know, that's but, a favorite. But, 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 but yeah, that's true. But what's interesting to me is that you have a very old school, traditional market, the wine industry oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys who are using the technology to give you that immersive experience, to me is just phenomenal. And everything. And I'm assuming since we've been in COVID, they're starting to lean more on tech, which is what we've been talking about, to create a better experience why people are at home or if they have to go out shopping versus events and other stuff. And I think, I mean, you know, the example you just gave there, right? It 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 all comes down to the emotional connection you have with that bottle of wine. And the way to do that is to get away from information and highlight and surface the story that sits behind it. So exactly the example you gave, you know, it's the wine maker who's coming alive in an animated way and telling you the story of the wine, which is why there's always a label on the back of the wine, right? It's to, it's to, it's to give the story that creates the connection that gives us that emotional connection with, with whatever the product is. And as you guys know, you know, I mean, it, it, you, you can't tell a story without a story. You know, you have to, you have to write the story and you have to be able to convey that story in a way that makes sense to to the person who's receiving it. the backstory. That's what I love about what Charisma is doing. I mean, not that Alice in Wonderland's a good story, because we all know that's not a true story, but consumers are more attached and more loyal to the brands when they know the backstory. So you're telling the backstory to connect that emotional level. That's what keeps brand loyalty. That's what keeps people hanging on you know, binging, going back to Netflix, Amazon, creating their content, going back to the movies. I mean, there's Comic-Con, there's all the film industry that Michelle's so immersed in. People are diehard Star Trek fans, Michelle, because they have such an emotional, immersive experience into those worlds. And that's the key, whether, whether you're a tech company or not, but if you're a tech company like Charisma and you could produce and create those experiences, I think to me, that's a tremendous opportunity to be telling your own story. Totally. And it's the technology that's enabling it, you know, like, and I think for, for us, like I said at the beginning, it's, it's for the first time we can place you inside the story, like properly inside the story. Is there a Star Trek one coming out? Sorry, because we've done a few podcasts with Michelle and Joe Pirates, our other co-hosts. And I swear to God, guy, for some reason, Lately, so like everybody we've talked to, or a lot, maybe they're on their entertainment, Michelle, they've all been Star Trek fans, but I've never seen an immersive Power Rangers, Star Trek. Like I was obsessed with The Mandalorian. By the way, Michi, I binged the whole thing. I, I mean, heard that. I want a baby <laughs> Yoda great. now. I'm obsessed. But why are we not taking this and doing some of these? Because licensing will be a whole nother conversation. Yeah, that, but, yeah that's yeah. a whole other podcast. <laughs> But you think about Comic-Con, people are dressed up in the characters. Why are we not taking that into a virtual world? I think that's a whole other podcast, Michelle, for us. Possibly. But 
but you, but there's something you mentioned, Gary, too, that made me think about that with these with these stories. That's adding another dimension. We all got excited in the 80s or 90s when we tried on 3D glasses for the first time, and then different parks and 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 areas started coming out with with 4D, where your seat would move or water would splash on you. This seems to be almost a fifth dimension where you're able to be a part, change the story narrative, or at least the the script personally. Yeah, totally. And it is, it is, I think you're right. It is a fifth dimension in the, in the way that what we've got to with things like VR is this medium, which is incredibly powerful. Like it's the first medium ever that completely takes over our senses. You know, you don't get it in a, in an IMAX, in a, you know, watching TV or reading book. You're not, you're not there. But when you put on a set of VR goggles and you walk across a plank that is 30 foot, you know, visually 30 foot above the ground, you feel vertigo. And that's something really visceral that's happening, right? It's your body taking over, your brain saying, you shouldn't be here. And your body is responding with vertigo. So that's a significant, that's a significant advance in technology. With the AI, what it does, and especially our, our, our focus, which is around natural language and conversation, is it's bringing that piece to life. Because if you think about the whole internet, right, the entire internet was all about communication. So it's natural that the way that we can bring our stories to life is through communication. It matches the medium, Marshall McLuhan type thing. It's just that the technology now that is emerging is allowing us to do it. And we can overlay, you know, the creativity, the storylines that we want to put onto it. But it's very much that tech that is exactly as you say, it's a completely new, new form. And I think as, as audiences, we've got used to it already from an informational basis with things like Alexa and Siri and all of that stuff, which basically are search engines or retail, right? That's their goal. But with what we're doing with Charisma is taking that to the next level, which is how do you put a story into it? And that's that's more complex, And but that's what we're solved. And you know, we're working with some great people at the moment. I mean, around the world, incredible storytellers, studios, practitioners, directors, Across, you know, standard linear TV uh, or stand, standard linear media, whatever it is in, in video, through to VR. And all of them are going, yeah, this is, this is what we wanted. We wanted to be able to have our characters be, you know, mature, be engaging, be scary, be lovable, be all of those things that, that the games industry sort of hasn't quite got to. And I was reading something fascinating, which is, which is about the, verb, the verbs that are used across these different media. And the, the, the piece was saying that video games industry is all below the shoulder, right? If you're in a video game, it's like run, jump, fight, leap, do all of that stuff. Whereas the, the movie industry and TV industry tends to be above the shoulder. So it tends to be about how you feel, you know, the relations, the conversations. And the piece was saying, you know, if you can combine those two, the power of interactivity, the power of agency, of immersion, of involvement with the more cerebral nature, of say a crime drama or you know an Agatha Christie or whatever it may be, then something really special happens, really special. And again, I think we're at this fascinating sort of inflection point now where, where technology is now able to support the creative ideas that, that we want to achieve. Where you know, we'd had this idea decades ago and we couldn't do it because there wasn't the technology to do it. Now there is. And that's I mean, that's it. Awesomely exciting. What is the pain point of this? Is it, you know, it's, it's kind of like content for a long time has kind of been what comes first, the chicken or the egg. You create the content, 
then hope for all the platforms to pick it up to deliver it? Or is it we need to find the delivery and then we've got to create the content around it? I mean, it's kind of a tough situation to be in because I know it changes so much. But where do you think um, AR, VR, AI sits within that little triangle? Well, in, in, in some ways, we've always wanted that immersion. You know, we love being close to the characters that we that we love from on screen. You know, you just, you know, you see the social media feeds that when a Game of Thrones series ends, it's, oh, my God, I can never live because these characters are not going to be in my life for a little while. So I think there is a, there is a sort of grief pain point where you're missing those characters um, that this sort of interactive storytelling can help out with. And AR, VR, they they expand that they expand the level of of that experience that we have and if you if you think about the way that the visual technology and audio technology has gone over the last few decades it's all about quality and making it feel real you know going from black and white through to color through to you know high definition 4k 8k and so forth it's all about making it feel real and so if we then take that jump into ar and vr AI is usually like it feels real in my house because I've got Mickey Mouse jumping up and down on my kitchen, you know, whatever. VR is about that immersion we were talking about. And AI is the thing that underpins the whole thing. Actually, to me, the big play is AI. It's just this enormous way that covers everything, you know, and it powers everything. That's the big, that's the big space. And then if you look at it from a commercial perspective, my God, if you have you ever seen a more competitive media landscape at the moment? I mean, you know, look at the streamers and the, the different competitive streamers. Every little tiny difference, every, you know, every new innovation is, is, increment, is incrementally sort of attracting a new, a new subscriber or not losing an existing subscriber. It's down to these tiny, tiny little moments, like a Formula One race where everything's measured in hundredths of a second. You know, which is why Netflix invests in, in in interactive areas because they can see that it's going to appeal to to uh, it's going to appeal and retain an entire section of of subscribers, and why other streamers are interested in it as well. And all of the OTTs and in the TV industry very much looking at it. Movies is slightly different because you're stuck in a cinema, you know, and that technology is unique in its own in its own restrictions. But I think certainly in this competitive landscape at the moment, it's this sort of innovations that happen through technology and, and storytelling that, that that generate new audiences and new incomes and new merchandise and all of that stuff. So to me, you know, the pain point is really clear, which is don't be left behind. That's not a good space to be. That's interesting. The giant wave coming. We had a really good, we had an interview that on our podcast, I guess, was the head of mobile for THX. And it was almost similar conversation to yours. Amit and I were talking at the Jason Fiber, such a great conversation because we were talking about that immersive, the detail, that whole surround sound that gets you so immersed. You're like, wait, what was that? Was that real? Was that part of actually what I was doing? Was that just the sound? So it's interesting when we talk to these innovators from the surround sound to the immersive to the visual. There's so many components that go into an experience. Oh yeah. So yeah. It's just it's great to see it. But, you know, before we run out of time here, Guy, what, okay, so again, you know, congrats on the MEA finalists. What, what is the one award-winning thing coming up, Charisma, that we have looked forward to in 2021? I wish I could talk about it. Um, I, I, I okay, think... Have about, how about today? Because you guys did submit for the MEAs and, you know, the MEA rules were, you have to be submitted from September 1, September 1, and 
most of the year was a COVID year. What was the award-winning thing coming out of last year? Well, out of out of last year, I think it was. I mean, we won awards for Alice in Wonderland, which was awesome, and 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 deservedly so. That was a you know that was I think a real innovation for for, for theatre and moving into digital, transforming that. I think the Sky Project was you know that innovated on God. You know, I mean, I haven't got enough fingers and thumbs on my hands to to count how many different sort of you know world first things we did in that project. It was a real a real point of innovation for that around so many different areas. So I think, but 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 even even within that, I'd say so much of last year of 2020 was platform lane and just getting all of that tech right. You know, really, we sort of went back and we we looked at all the tools we've got and we just sort of took them out of the drawer, polished them, make sure that they were all fine, put them back in, and then made sure that that that, that we were ready. And I think we're seeing, you know, if I look if I look later on into this year, I think what we're going to start to see is as we've sort of alluded to a little bit earlier, was around the hybridization of video and, and, and games engines, you know, what Unreal Engine's doing, especially in that space. And we're primed to go straight the way down the middle of that. So that when you're looking at, you know, you're looking at, a, at your TV screen, you're never quite sure whether it's a video piece or whether it's, you know, some form of real-time CGI. And when we hit that inflection point, you know, we're just going to fire another turbo boost into into innovation in, in the media. And while I'm being obtuse about it in some ways, I, I think it's largely because we're just doing some tests at the moment around, you know, working on, on networks like 5G and the impact that that has on, on content delivery and what sort of content you can deliver with the, that sort of tiny amounts of latency, incredible speeds, and to be able to have an interaction point between a player and and content and have that in 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 almost absolute real time is is going to make the entire thing more much more frictionless you know and feel a lot more real nice so for everybody listening how can they like for Alice in Wonderland some of these projects where is the best place they could get all of this have access to it and reach out to you guys if they need to well, what I'd say is, I mean, obviously, we, we, you know, our prime, our prime hub is at charisma.ai, so that's the that's the website, and you will be able to spear off into downloading, you know, the graphic novels and the comic books we do from there, experiencing the 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 interactive projects we did from Sky, seeing all of the new stuff. But if you want that little indicator of where we're heading in the future, we tend to put sort of new ideas up on blog posts where we're exploring new concepts and just you know articulating where we see. The potential impact is going to be of technology on this new media sector, how it how it arises. So we tend to sort of put all of our stuff into into one place. There, that's always the best part. Okay, so the best place for everybody is to go to charisma c h a r i s m a dot a i for more information on the products or to reach out to you downloading the content. Correct. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. I thank you so much for staying up late in the UK for us. We appreciate it. Great talking to you. Congrats and good luck with the MEAs in this next year. Sounds like you guys are off to a good start. This is Sarah Thank you. Total Miller, pleasure. Meet and Podcast. Michi, always good to spend my Tuesday afternoons with you. Love it. Always love it, Sarah. And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, Subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
to learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.